All right, everybody, welcome back to the podcast for a year in review of the insanity that we have suffered again and again and again. Where do that? So we've had a number of conversations, guys, both on on, on the stream and uh, on the podcast that uh, people listening to this will probably be familiar with. But to give a little background, Jim, you missed out on a few. There were a few episodes we did where Eduardo and I. One, we went into the, the Bangladesh study that was supposed to show that masks were efficacious. And we realized that it actually proved exactly the opposite, that they make absolutely yeah. no statistical meaningful no difference, difference yeah. at all. Um, then we did uh, we discussed uh, the McCullough and Rogan interview that was making the rounds. And just to catch you up, Jim, I think it kind of lines up with where you are in this is there were certain things that McCullough said that are consistent with probably where Eduardo and I have landed on the research. And there were certain things we just weren't sure about. And there were certain things that struck us as surprising and kind of hard to believe, right? Yeah. What he said about kind of like permanent immunity and stuff like that. That was, yeah. that kind of took me back. So I have a yeah, lot was, of There's that weird moment where like Rogan's like, but I knew people who, who had it multiple times and McCall's like, it just didn't happen. Yeah. That, that was a weird moment. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I still don't really have much opinion on that. I haven't really followed up or, or, or looked into that. Um, but, uh, and Jim, we were talking about this before. Maybe we can just very kick off the discussion that the, the thing where I think McCullough was, was probably making the best and, and most obviously true point is um, uh, clearly the, the usefulness of, of early therapeutics. Now people can debate how useful they are, but at this point, especially when it comes to the monoclonal antibodies and stuff like that, it seems like they really do make a meaningful uh, difference. Uh, so, you know, why they, they weren't advocated earlier on, or if it were, they were suppressed by some vast white ring conspiracy theory, you know, who know, who knows, right. right. Um, but that's, that's, I, I'm just trying to catch you up, Jim, at yeah. this point from what, what, uh, Eduardo and I discussed last time, I forget the other points that, that we made Eduardo, maybe some are fresh, fresher in your mind can, than mine. Can I, can I, I say think it was about, those two oh, points. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Jim. Can I say mm -hmm. about, about the earlier therapeutics thing. And I'm not, going to weigh into the data right because I, I just i'm and this is something i do want to get to i just i'm in the middle of dueling experts right i think that's where a lot of us are now right yep but you know something that i mean uh that i found compelling with mccullough and i'm not going to go all the way where he was like like mysterious you know fires at um you know at a hydroxychloroquine factories and stuff like that but it it, it does seem since like like you know since that i want to look into because like some yeah, of those claims yeah, were pretty yeah. like pretty fierce and i'll be honest yeah. i didn't follow up on them so i yeah just exactly nothing yeah so i don't want, i don't want to get into that but but like mm -hmm. from pretty early in this pandemic it was pretty there, there have been like a few like very very simple commitments that were made by the authorities that were like lockdowns masks vaccines you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And, but not even, but really just those three things, hundred percent, like just, this is how we're going to deal with it. And this is going to be the only things that can be discussed publicly as legitimate ways of dealing with this, right. Lockdown, lockdowns, mass vaccines. Right. Mm -hmm. And even leaving aside, even leaving aside, um, whether or not those are efficacious. Okay. Just leave that aside. All right. Um, and I think, I think in two cases, it's really clear they aren't, but leave it aside. Okay. Um, it just it seems to me that the, like what was done is there is this assumption that we have to have just some a very very simple monolithic uh approach to this like we have to say one thing is right right and everything else is wrong so we can have very very simple messaging right because they're assuming what they're dealing with here are people not capable of making any kind of judgment whatsoever 
right? Mm -hmm. Like, like if we said, yeah, you could, you could be vaccinated unless you have prior immunity, right? Or, you know, maybe it's less important if you're a 19 year old boy, right? Uh, compared to risks than if you're a 60 year old, you know, man or something like that. Okay. Like there's been no attempt to really have an, in America, at least like any real subtle, you know, like placing agency onto the people that are, that are going to have to like, like go through these measures. Right. It's it just, okay, here's right answer. Stay home. Right answer. Put something on your face. Right answer. Take the vaccine. There's, there's no attempt to say, Hey, here are options. Here are levels of risk to, to, to wage. And it does seem that, like from the beginning, there's been a refusal to treat the populace, at least in America, as self-determining, rational citizens, right? Right. And and I know, like, part of that is like we we've earned that because, like, you know, if they did say, hey, you know, natural immunity is a real thing, there's probably a lot of like obese people here in the Midwest that would have COVID parties and get themselves killed, okay? <laughs> right? Because but, but they don't want to talk about levels of risk factors and stuff like that. But I think the thing that, in looking back on the last year, that, that's troubled me the most is the treatment of the population as a bunch of unthinking, you know, you know, just points in a chess game to move around and not to propose to us things that we can think about and make rational decisions on. Yeah. yeah so a few comments on that. And then I'll Eduardo chime in. I mean, I think it's I think it's spot on. Right. People who care a lot about public health and, and trust in in experts, at least experts we should trust, like Jay Bhattacharya and Martin Kolder, if they say that this and they're right, this has been a public health catastrophe because it has it has made the general public extremely skeptical of these people. Yeah. And maybe we could focus on a little bit of where this Z Dog guy, who I had never known before, McCullough, um, actually agreed. Because I think that might be helpful to people. Because yeah. Z Dog was was pretty intent on on kind of combating McCullough on a, a, a number of points. And I didn't finish the whole interview, so I can't speak about all of it. Um, and he's a Stanford guy, I think this, or was yeah. a Stanford guy, right? Yeah. This this Z Dog. And uh, what did they agree on? Well, they he seems like they agree that lockdowns and masks are pretty much worthless, right? Uh, so that, that's that's OK, cool. Let's find some some common ground. Uh, vax vaxing kids is uh, pretty much worthless, if not stupid. Right. Uh, seems to be agreement there. Uh, moving the goalposts of these endless booster shots is is, is hurting uh, credibility and, and stuff like that. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, not having kids in schools is certainly more harmful than good. And, you know, it's not based on any sort of good data at all. So even though the Z-Dog was was quite critical, of McCullough, I think the interesting part is like where they would agree yeah. are all the things that all of us would, would agree on. Yeah, right. I, and then, yeah. And then like how effective ivermectin is, is kind of up yeah. in the air for me. I think certain yeah. of the therapeutics like are demonstrably effective to what degree is another question. But the point I want to emphasize for people who haven't highlighted this conversation are here are two experts that are kind of disagreeing on some points, but what they agree on, right, yeah. is not insignificant in relation to the larger narrative that we're constantly yeah. being fed. Right? And, 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 and Z-Dog's been interesting guy. It's like he he has been reviled by, you know, kind of the the the, 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 the Corona bro crowd, right, because he was willing to raise questions like, well, do we need a Mac vac? vaccinate two-year-olds and put masks on them he thinks that he thinks that's pretty absurd right do, do we need to lock down he thinks that's pretty absurd okay um so this is a guy who like you know is kind of reviled by both sides right where he and uh and i know we're not here to talk about just as dog where he and mccullough seem to disagree is is ivermectin hydroxychloroquine right and safety of vaccines 
not I mean in not even necessarily like 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 efficacy, right? But just safety. They seem to they seem to disagree quite a bit on it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Eduardo, any initial thoughts here? I know you haven't heard the uh, Z dog. No, I haven't yet, heard but... it, but um, I don't think those. I mean, what, what you mentioned here is uh, probably more some some kind of more of a medical point, in the sense that it's uh, it's really more specific to some kind of medicine and the effect that it has. So it's not something that I have an expertise on, where where, where I can judge. And of course, I, I stand by both, uh, as you said. It's like lockdowns. Uh, uh, figures of the lockdowns, effectiveness, and um, and other NPI. So that's that's pretty clear. And, and it's, I mean, I think it's it's healthy in any way to have a debate and you know discuss things that, for example, that uh, McAuliffe was was stressing a lot, like early treatment with ivermectin and uh, hydroxychloroquine and and, and other and other um, medications, but. Um, Again, I didn't see the interview, but uh... right. yeah, let me right. let me make a, a few points about just at the beginning of the interview that that Jim knows triggered me a little bit, uh, and let me say say a few things. Something something I I hope I have the intellectual maturity that I can be triggered by some things and still fairly evaluate the rest of the conversation. We'll see when I get to the rest of the conversation, right? <laughs> but there were a few things at the beginning of the Z Dog uh, thing that um, I just wanna I wanna highlight a, a few asymmetries that I, I think are important dialectically. One is like whatever else you want to say about the research McCullough used, the man had his references on the ready right away and was like, he had a footnote for every sentence that you did right now. You can go vet those and, and debate those, but the man kind of like cut right to the chase. Um, or at least he pretty quickly cut to the chase. And he did largely, I think, try to avoid, kind of the larger political social questions because Rogan kept pushing him. He's like, why is this? Why is this? Why is this? Uh, and McCullough kind of, it took like at least three times from Rogan from McCullough to even start to, to begin to tread that. And then he did a little bit and it was kind of unclear whether he thought there was some coordinated conspiracy, but then he also, um, at first he seemed to just want to say it was a bunch of incompetence, but then he thought maybe there's something more nefarious going on. I want to come back to that in a minute because it relates to what Z-Dog said. And Jim knows that this was my first impression is that he 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 began by trying to outline a series of fallacies that he pretty quickly committed himself <laughs> on a number of points. Right. Ad hominins, poisoning the well, um, all this sort of thing, uh, kind of dismissing conspiracy theories like they're irrelevant. And we have to clarify, like, it's unhelpful just to say we can't talk about conspiracy theories. Conspiracies happen all the time. It's why we have laws against them. People conspire all the time to yeah. rob banks, yeah. to kill people, right? So the question is, what types of conspiracies are reasonable to entertain in the first place and what types of conspiracies are unreasonable? That's that's the intelligent conversation to have, right? To just like yeah. throw out – and then what sort of motivation should we have for thinking there's some type of conspiracy going on, either some like secret cabal smoking cigars, right, or maybe just a basic conspiracy of interest, right? where people are just kind of all rationally convinced that they're doing the yes. right thing and willing to engage in noble lies. That is a type of, of conspiracy. And also like what would motivate people to think that something like that might be going on? Well, I think it's not illegitimate to say, well, public health officials who outwardly lie, admit to lying and re otherwise reputable. I mean, let me use this loosely reputable journals, right. That published demonstrably fraudulent crap, right. Like how it ever got through the review process is still unbeknownst, and we all know the famous Lancet incident with that. 
uh, retracted otherwise seemingly decent studies for no known reason uh, and pushed through a lot of junk garbage as well. Like that is something that just seems really, really odd, right? And, 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 and in a politically heated context, it warrants, it warrants a skepticism. It warrants raising questions of something, uh, you know, maybe a little bit nefarious is going on here. So I thought it was just kind of unhelpful. Yeah. Again, just like the hand waving of conspiracy you know, theories is just not, it's just yeah. not helpful, right? Mm -hmm. Just just on conspiracy theory in general, I, I, I don't even like the term. Okay. Like, do, do you know, do you know the origin of the term conspiracy theory? I, I don't. Mm -mm. It was a CIA psyop following the Kennedy assassination. Oh, is that, is that where it comes yeah. from? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Surprise, and surprise. It, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Part of this whole thing, like, you know, if, if someone is entertaining something contrary to the official line, they should be branded conspiracy theory and, and we should, you know, find a way to like associate them with, you know, kooks and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, uh, Richard Dolan's a guy um, that that's like brought this up a number of times on his YouTube channel. This is in fact, what, at least the term was popularized for the first time as part of a CIA psyop. Right. Mm -hmm. So I, I won't even use the phrase anymore. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. to, to, you know, you know I mean, and you think of like, the way we do it, it's an argument. It's like, well, he's a conspiracy theorist. Oh, okay. Well, right. Well, um, and just, and I know this might not be a place you guys want to go, but I mean, I've, I've been very We'll moved, go anywhere, man. <laughs> I've been very moved the way. last year. Okay. So like, like for years and years, for 75 years, like, like the, you know, anyone who said that there's a reality to UFOs was branded as a conspiracy theorist, right? And a nut job and a tinfoil hatter, like we defined crazy by by belief in ufos and then now you know last summer the united states department of defense came out and said yeah there's ufos we'll give them a new name uaps but there's ufos we don't know what they are and we think they may be a threat moving on and so 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 was that a conspiracy theory or not if it was it seemed to have gotten it right okay do, do yeah. you, see, you see what i mean or at least you gotta have a conspiracy theory one way or another because because they've either you know, I, either there, there's been a conspiracy long term, they've thought better of it, or there's some conspiracy now as to why they're making this up, right? And so, you see, my point is like, it, like our our epistemic situation now in the for because of the last two years is so fraught. It is so fraught. We have like we have dueling accusations, conspiracy theories. Like, okay, and you're right. You know, you know, Pat, like. Peter McCullough can like cite a ton of papers more than I can look up. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you can, you know, anyone else like take, you know, some other expert on the other side, I'm not even gonna say Z dog. It's not really on the other side, but the safety is, you know, McCullough's ex you know, extreme on the other, on the other side, we'll cite a hundred papers and have them ready to go. And we can look at them and it's going to be fraught for the layman because we're, we're dealing with dueling experts here. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and that's why I, I think our, we have doing conspiracy theory. We are doing expertise and our situation is just simply fraught now as to what the reality is. Yeah. Right. right. And this is where I try to get like to, to the certain basics, right? Where like, okay, um, how should we adjust ourselves epistemically, right? Based on what we can evaluate. <laughs> I'm not a, I'm not a medical doctor. Right. And, yeah. and the truth is, is like, I can look through some of these studies, but pretty quickly I have to have somebody explain some aspects of it to yeah. me. Right. Um, but I mean, like I mean, there's, yeah, go ahead, Eduardo. Yep. Mm -hmm. No, no. I mean, there's, uh, there's there's an aspect which is pretty clear to everyone. There's some basic grasp of statistics. Like when you have a claim, then there are some statistics. There are some numbers which are universal in all science. I I don't like the p-value or, or things like that. And you can evaluate immediately. You can look at the sample size. There's something like, regardless of the study, there are some universals that everyone is yeah. 
everyone with the basic grasp of statistics and science then is qualified to judge. A sample of 12 people isn't good, right? Exactly. Yeah, so yeah. the sample size, that's p-value, that's the error. I mean, even if you look at the methodology, like when we were going through the uh, Bangladesh paper on, on mask last time, the methodology at some point was, was mentioning the fact that people were counting by eye. I mean, they were watching the people and then less, less sort of noting how many of them were wearing a mask or not to evaluate the percentage. And same thing with the social distancing social distancing stuff. So it was like very weird. Come on, who does measures in this, like like social distancing, you're actually measuring meters and, and I don't know, centimeters. Right. Of, uh, you know, like being away from each other. And how can you do it like by watching? So it's increased by 7%. That's, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, seriously, I don't know. Yeah, it, I'm not a so I'm no social scientist in in that regard. I did I, I didn't design the right. experiment. And, You're just but, in the humble so. the astrophysics, much more humble. <laughs> <Exactly>. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But if I read the methodology, then I I might raise some serious questions. I don't want to dismiss it right away. Let's put it this way. But you know, I think it's pretty legitimate to to have some doubt about. Yeah. Those right. numbers. And, and there's there's well, other yeah. ones that are just like basic conceptual confusions. This was uh, – I hope I don't get the details wrong. If I do, forgive me and correct me in the comments, right? But Z-Dog was talking about the issue of moving the goalposts and uh, relation to, I guess, some of the studies in early treatment. Um, but if the studies done on early treatment weren't done early, right – and then they're shown not to be efficacious. That's not moving the goalposts. That's missing it entirely, <laughs> right? right? Like it's, it's already when somebody's hospitalized and you run these these treatments and they're not efficacious. It's not wrong to say like, hold on, guys, you're not, you know, the study isn't within the right parameters here, right? I think that was one of McCullough's criticisms, right? Yes. Some of these things that that to me does not sound like moving the goalposts. It's fairly calling out something that has missed the goalpost entirely. Now, whether he's moving the goalposts on other things, you got to take it case by case. Um, but the, the larger point is like some of these things are just, they are basic conceptual confusions that you don't have to be, uh, a specialized expert to be able to detect some of these things. And I guess that's kind of been my purpose in some of these conversations with Jim and Eduardo is like, what can we do for the person who's caught in the layman's dilemma, right? Who doesn't have the specialized expertise when you have the dueling experts and the, the dueling, uh, conspiracy theories, as, as you must say, right? Mm-hmm. Eduardo, you pointed out some. Jim, maybe you have some more for us. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I agree. Like, there's there's some stuff that's just like absolutely absurd, and you can spot it if you have the slightest bit of understanding of how how empirical study is supposed to work, right? But I do I do think there's quite a bit where you you just you just see people citing you know seemingly legit papers back and forth, and it doesn't get us anywhere, right? I I do think though where um, like even the layman is rightly, you know, is well grounded in being skeptical is just some of the stuff that, that we're, that we've been doing and we're continuing to do. That's just so clearly theater, right? Like mm -hmm. where, you know, if you, well, between the door and the table, the restaurant, you know, you're in the COVID zone, but then as soon as you sit down right on top of a bunch of people, right, right close, but then you can take your mask off. Right. It's, it's, I don't know if they're doing that in Europe or not, but like, it's so clearly, oh, a sure, piece of theater. Sure. so yeah. clearly a piece of theater. And then like the, then the the people serving you your food, okay, uh, who are walking across a whole restaurant, right, whole, you know, the whole place, right? They're, they're they're in the COVID safe zone. They're standing up and walking back and forth, but or they're in the danger zone. So they have to wear the masks, right? Do you see what I mean? It, it it just it just it's absurd. It's absolutely absurd. It's clearly just a piece of theater, and yet we're still continuing to mandate it by law, right? And I think when you have things that are mandated by law that don't make any sense whatsoever, that are clearly theater. 
then then you're right to be very skeptical about you know much of what you're being told right yeah even if you don't know what you should be skeptical about it in right yeah you know phaser has a point in a recent article that he brought up i just want to read it quickly and get your guys uh interaction with it i think it, i think it's good advice right so um he's talking about uh, appeals to authority, which are, are not always fallacious, right? There's there's context when it comes to material fallacies of whether uh, a fallacy is actually be committed. So let me just read these this paragraph or two, and then we'll get your guys' thoughts. He says, to avoid a, a fallacy of appeal to authority here, the best people to look to in relation to what we're talking about are those who both possess expertise that is acknowledged by all sides and also show clear evidence of objectivity. What would evidence of that be? Well, it might include things like not being political appointees or pharmaceutical company spokesmen, not being prone to making extreme or shrill statements or to political partisanship of any kind, exhibiting both the courage to challenge the majority opinion of their peers when they sincerely disagree with it and the wisdom to do so in a calm and measured way that welcomes counterargument and so on. And he gives a people a list of people that I think he's spot on here. He says, in my estimation, Experts like John Ioannidis, he's famous for a, a paper on why most research findings are false. Jay Bhattacharya, Martin Kaldorf, Sinepter Gupta exhibit these virtues. And I think I think Fazer's right on that. Like that that's a good criteria, right? We don't have to dismiss all experts because I think like Jay, Martin, and uh, um, Sinepta, uh, they're all quite uh, diverse politically. And I think most of them are actually pretty like left leaning as far as uh, I know. I know. Um, uh, Dr. Um, uh, Gupta came out after people were attacking her for the focus protection critique, calling her a, a, a right, <laughs> a right winger. She's like, I'm she's like, I'm on the left. What are you guys talking about? Right. Um, so I don't know, maybe that'll be helpful for people to look, just like look for those indicators of like the types of experts that, you know, maybe it's not going to give me a hundred percent confidence, but these are the people that I, that should command more of my attention than others. What are you guys thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I think what I've looked for, cause I mean, I think all those things that fees are lists could actually end up begging the question at some point. Like, okay. So, you know, um, a lot of these people like, you know, you, you it, are going to have political affiliations and, and so it looks like we're going to get like dueling claims of bias with that sort of thing too. You know what I mean? Um, I, one of the things I look for is are people who are one willing to change their minds as right, like as goalposts move. Right. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, and two, you know, people who are willing to say like, you know, more than like, like two things can be true. Mm-hmm. To, to, you know what I mean? It could be, it could be that the vaccine is uh, just, just I'm just making this example up, right? It could be that the vaccine uh, carries some risks, okay, but for some people, it's it weighs out in favor of doing it, right? Mm-hmm. It could be that the vaccine uh, is indeed, um, you know, effective in some way, but it doesn't make sense for people to do it uh, who are at very little, very little risk. Do you see what I mean? Like, like people who are like able to see that there's not an all or none here and they're in there and they have a supple enough thinking. Right. I think, I think that's exactly the position of all those people. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or another guy, uh, what's his name at uh, John Hopkins, um, Marty McCary, right. Who's mm-hmm. been like that all along. He's, he's, he's a, he's a pro-vax guy, but he's an anti-mandate guy. He's, he's pro-vax overall, but he's, he's against, you know, like mandating it for kids in schools. Right. And things like that. And, and he's a, I think he's a, a one doser if you've had, if you've had COVID. Right. I mean, so he's like showing, inability to like have a reasoned position and not this like black and white your children we have to give you the, the simplest possible story otherwise you'll, you'll, you're going to go off the rails right mm-hmm. 
I think, like, uh, regarding the criteria for experts, like, partisanship is, n I am, in general, I wouldn't regard it, like, as a minus, in the sense that you know that people will always have biases. I mean, no matter, you know, no matter what, you will have some political position. It might be centrist, left, right, whatever. And I think it's better to make it clear, right? You know, at, at least being honest about it and say, look, this is my position, I come from this position. Regardless, my, you know, position on this topic, COVID, for example, is this one. And the, here is why. I mean, you know where, you come, where I come from, but then you, you need to evaluate my arguments, even in the light of where I'm coming from. So because, like, um, this is something I, I always, um, you know, when, when you have discussions and people say, oh, look, this, this newspaper is biased, so you're going to trust it. I mean, all newspapers are biased. Like, everyone has an opinion on something. It's like asking for someone to be completely neutral, it's inhumane. It's, it's not You're not talking to a human, nature. right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's better to be, you know, like, like biases and political position, which can be moderate. You can be more on the right side, left side, whatever. You can be anything leaning, uh, but make it clear. You can be even moderate or, you know, and, and say, I don't have any strong opinion on the issue. So you might think you're, you know, maybe a, a fair source for some, for, on some issues. But anyway, this is some kind of, it's, it's this kind of nirvana fallacy, you know, when, when, when you deal with uh, humans, as you, as you said, like, you can just put them, uh, like, you can move them around the table like they were dots and, and just make them do whatever you want. And so this, uh, again, this is another way of looking at human nature, like, oh, we should all be neutral and be, no one is neutral. I mean, you, you always yeah, have no such thing. Yeah. There's no such thing. So just deal with it. And it's better, like, instead of, aiming at dealing with some kind of uh, human that does not exist, so a biasless human, a human that is, is very objective and reasonable. Like, no one is all the time objective and reasonable on anything. Yeah. It's like... We, so just deal with it and, and make yeah. it clear. I think it's... Uh, it's th this is one of the big problems, even, even with this yeah. debate with COVID, because we're always dealing with, oh, but you should do three, four, five, six doses. We should do them all at the same time. I've heard all kinds of arguments. And as you mentioned at first, um, um, Pat, I, um, the, the thing is that um, the public authorities, but even many people are pretty much on the side of, you know, like we have to make these things back black and white because otherwise people wouldn't follow us. If you start like uh, making it nuanced, then people might not trust the authority because authority relies in the fact that I'm, I'm showing you the way. You have yeah. to go to the vaccination. It cannot be, oh, you know, this is one option, but we are not sure. And and the thing black that and white heard, is not so, working though. Yeah, no, it doesn't. It doesn't because again, it's yeah. it's idealizing the fact that, I mean, this is you, you're assuming that facts don't count, and that at some point, like yeah. the evidence, the weight of of reality, won't like jump in into the picture and say, look, you are moving in this direction, but it's clearly not the right direction. I mean, yeah. you cannot make things up. You really uh, need to twist and turn the data and like uh, make people close their eyes and. Uh, make them believe that what they see is unreal, basically. Yep. Because this is what we're having with the vaccines. You need to take it one, two, three, four times. And with the promise that it will end up, the, the pandemic eventually. And then you look at places that already did like the boosters and they were on the, on the way to the fourth shot, like Israel. They didn't end the pandemic yet. So yep. are you sure this is, I mean, you are, really want me to um, um, just ignore this evidence? And this is what they're asking us, basically, because they're moving on. On this on this narrow direction and, and pretending that oh if we just do all this 
uh, vaccination stuff all at the same time and we take it two, three, four times, eventually it would be, uh, be the right solution, which is clearly it's not the case. It's just reality. It's reality of yep. things. You know, and I think the bias that people aren't talking about, right, and actually um, Z-Dog and other podcasts he's done have been very, very good on this, is is the, the bias that the major news outlets have for clicks, right? They are like, they are in the business of click harvesting and, you know, Hey, uh, Omicron is, you know, is coming, but it's milder, right. Than than other variants, right. That's not really, that's not generating clicks, right. No. <laughs> like the, 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 it is, you know, the, the, the news organizations, are, are operating on a principle of max fear, right? And, and maybe it's explicit in their minds or not, but the economic incentives are there to like, if it bleeds, it leads. And we need people to be very, very, very scared because they're going to keep coming back and clicking and clicking and clicking and clicking and clicking. And, and, and I think, I think like if we want to understand how we're being manipulated, right? The primary manipulators aren't even, aren't even the public health officials. It's the news organizations that are just, you know, like profiting immensely over these two years of over-the-top fear that we've had, right, over this virus. There's a positive and, loop feedback, I would say. There's a positive yeah. feedback between the two because there's I didn't sure. see like health authorities trying to uh, they don't want to correct you know, extinguish either, yeah. the fire. No, they don't want yeah. to correct them. I, I rarely, I barely see at least here in Italy, but and as far as I know in, in the US as well, I never seen the CDC. Oh, yeah. like they get their talking points from one another. Like they yeah. just yeah. they yeah. send yeah. it exactly. back and forth. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, and and it's not just on COVID. I remember um, a few years ago, it might even been during like 2016 during the presidential election. There was a, you know, I, I live in Kansas. There was this awful, awful murder in um, Iowa of a young college age woman who got picked up off the street and murdered. Okay. And I remember it coming up in about, you know, during the election about, you know, you know, crime then and how dangerous it is. And, you know, like these, these kinds of like terrible you know, like, you know, Hollywood kind of like serial killing, things like that. Okay. And I remember like during the election, you know, like it was a big deal about, you know, like, like, you know, danger, 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 crime, 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 murders, murders, murders. Right. But, but in fact, like as of 2016, you were in like one of the lowest crime eras uh, in the history of the United States. Okay. And, and the thing is, is like, even, even when I was a kid, you know, 25, 30, you know, 35 years ago, if I lived in Kansas, I would not have heard about a murder in rural Iowa, right? It just, it just would, it wouldn't have been on the news, right? Okay. It wouldn't have, okay. It was only because you have this like 24 hour cable news thing, internet news thing that is just looking for fear mongering sensation that gives people a sense of threat, right? To keep looking, yeah. to keep looking, to keep looking. And there's just constantly the whole system is built on our being like scared out of our minds. So we give them our attention, Right. And, and you could see it even before COVID, right? That you know, in in there are so I remember um, surveys. You know, people before the 2016 election saying, "Yeah, they they believe that this was like the most dangerous time in American history." You know, when in fact it's far from it. Like the murder rate is sure. so much lower right. now. Than it's, it, yeah, it, yeah, it goes to show how much media distorts reality for people. We know this is true with the COVID stuff because they've done surveys of like how deadly do you think this is, I, right? Yeah. And it's consistently grossly grossly overestimated right yeah. and it's, it's it's actually worse for people who are liberals but even conservatives still yeah. over were yeah. overestimating it right yeah. so it's like it's like if that dude if that ever happened to me 
where I found out like objectively that I was so off on something that was like so like guiding my life. Uh, I how could you not just begin to question all of your <laughs> your sources, right? Like right. my head would be spinning. Like how could I be this off on something that's guiding my life? How many people have taken that critical posture? I I don't know. Maybe they didn't get the survey results. But that but that yeah, that's exactly to your point, Jim. Right? It's it's a complete distortion of reality. We can see it in in survey results, right? Right. But it's it's like when you when you as you said in the media when people talk about COVID, it's either you get vaccinated, either automatically you end up in an ICU, whereas yeah, ending yeah. up in an ICU is like. I don't know, it's less than 5%, like the stratified by age, then it's even less than that. It depends on the age bracket. And it's, it's a clear, it's such conspiracy theory when you, when you, when you know, when you, when, when I talk to people and I, you know, I tell them there's no real chance you'll end, ever end up in an ICU because of this. It's, it's very unlikely. Yeah. Like for any other disease, you wouldn't talk in these terms because here when people talk, oh, you're not vaccinated, you're going to end up in an ICU. Well, the chance is probably less than than one percent. So you wouldn't talk about that for people driving a car or, or you know being exposed to other threats with with comparable risks. Again, in, in some age brackets. Yep. But here, right. it's, yeah, it's like I mean, let's, let's is, be honest. In certain age brackets, relatively young, healthy people, it's just statistically it's just, it's insignificant. Nothing. It's right. nothing. Uh -huh. Absolutely. So I remember when I uh, when I had COVID in the no when COVID back, had you when COVID had me right. Thank you. It's never been the same since tangled with me, my man. Um, <laughs> When, 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 when I, uh, when I battled COVID, right. When I survived, right. Oh, <laughs> I remember my first day back on campus, someone said to me, Oh, you're, you know, gosh, you, you know, you're just so lucky, you know, you're so lucky and, you know, good for you to survive. And, and I had ridden my bike to campus that day with no helmet. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and, I, and I, and I said, so why aren't you congratulating me on making the ride to campus on my bicycle with no helmet? Cause I, I took probably for, for my health, right. And relatively young age, you know, compared to the, to the stuff. Um, I took a much greater risk getting on my bike, you know, in, in, in the twilight of the morning and riding to campus. Especially with, no with you, how you hillbillies drive out. Yeah, there exactly. Sure, yeah, right. Exactly, mm -hmm. right. You know, they'll, they'll go out of their way to, you know, they don't like schools. And, and you know, I took a greater risk, like just, you know, riding my bike to campus, but no one's congratulating me on, on that. Right. You know, yeah. Good job surviving your ride in. Right. Yeah. I mean, whatever else you want to think about, about the policies, I mean, it's the total lack of greater perspective. And we've talked about, you know, the nature of rationality before rationality isn't just knowing facts. It's also really being able to prioritize and knowing what facts are most relevant, right? That's the sort of essence of rationality, right? Um, and yeah, like we can talk about facts between um, the, you know, the effectiveness of, uh, of, of mass, right? Of, of uh, you know, a control group with mass or not mass. But if we're not considering the, say, absolute difference rather than just relative difference, well, you've left out a really important consideration that should be factoring into your decision-making, right? That is rationally relevant, right? So, I mean, that's, that's how, that's how sophistry works a lot of times, right? That's how the propaganda works is they'll take things that aren't, um, tr that aren't necessarily false, right? But they're also not completely true or the full story of everything that should be uh, in the considerations for somebody to make a truly rational judgment. And that's the subtle, the subtlety of it. That's the, that's the bullshit, right? Because you can't feed just like direct falsehoods all the time. Quickly, people aren't going to like, there has to be elements of truth, right? Uh, but th 
the patient thing that we've been trying to do, I think, is like trying to gather all the relevant considerations to understand what the actual rational perspective is. That's a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing to do in life in general. It's especially hard in, in this situation. But then again, I don't think it's that hard. Like I don't think we're no, I don't think we're doing I don't time. think we're doing astrophysics here, for yeah. example. No, I well, as a neurosurgeon. Like, it's something that you do also in astrophysics when you want to sell some result in the in some paper. You, you always need to highlight that you find some difference, right? So uh, again, you you might find some effect that is accounts for I don't know twenty percent instead of fifteen percent. And so if you do the relative per, uh, percentage, you don't say it increased by five percent. It increased. As we mentioned, like say you find you find something that instead of being ten percent is twenty percent, then you say, oh, we get a two hundred percent increase. Say so instead of being ten, it, it becomes twenty. But it's something that I find all the time. For example, when looking, I remember this. This was about Greece a few years ago when there, people were claiming that um, austerity was killing Greece, and so that because of austerity, the Greeks people were being killed by the Germans, and because of that, they were they said that you know like the Mortality rates uh, rose by like fifty percent, and the number was 50%. something. Fifty percent. Yeah, fifty wow, percent. Yeah. But because the, the the reason was that uh, instead of being two in a million, it was it climbed to three in a million or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember yeah, the exact number. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah, so yeah. they said, of course. Well, of course, if you say like mortality rose by fifty percent, you say, wow, it's, it must be something awful. Then it's it's you know it's just one yeah. instead of being. Uh, two is three. So that, that, this kind of sophistry happens all the time. This is why you need to be really careful with the numbers. Yeah. As we said, it, that exact fallacy you can see on both sides of all these debates. About oh, COVID. sure. You can see it all over. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's with, uh, with the vaccines as we, as we, uh, like we did when you look at the side effect of the vaccines, it, it's probably exaggerated. Uh, again, if you look at the numbers that, uh, the papers that also uh, McAuliffe was, uh, was uh, mentioning, um, it's probably it's, it's serious. It's not like you get it and you die, but it's probably, you know, you have very highly chance in, in general, like compared to the baseline, which is still very, yeah. very low one. Um, but it's it's not negligible, not at all. It's like uh, you have a very low baseline uh, risk for some age brackets, but then uh, if you take the vaccine, then for this myocarditis, pericarditis, as well as death and other um another uh, very heavy uh consequences for from the vaccine they are not negligible at all by even if you just look at VARES, neglecting the fact that they are already uh grossly underestimated but yeah in general when you when you talk when you hear the novax people talking like people against the vaccine at least in italy they say there's a plan to you know decimate a human kind and and, and stuff yeah, like right, that, which yeah, is yeah. you know it's, it's completely it's completely off the race it's, it's crazy and uh we have better means for decimating humankind yeah I mean, I, i'm trying oh, sure. I've, I've i've tried to think i've tried <laughs> to think, that one figured out actually if we want like I'm, I'm i but i'm trying to think that conspiracy theory through right so let's let's entertain a fun conspiracy theory oh, right, right? <laughs> why would you i mean the first obvious thing is like why would you try and decimate the people that are most likely to do what you say first off right right yeah. you think it'd be kind of be the opposite right unless to protecting the people that do what they say and then they're going to release something else on everybody yeah. else like maybe that maybe that that'd be a good that'd be a good novel right that that you're missing the point here right. because they uh that that's a statement that uh people take they say it, it's bill gates has stated it's too many people on the planet and so yeah. that's the reason why because he thinks there's too many people on the planet we need oh, to... just pure population control right uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's exactly yeah. it's population control it's because we are um too many and we need to reduce the numbers 
Right. Why yeah. should we do it in like Western societies that are already uh, declining birth rate? <laughs> I don't know. It's, it doesn't make much sense. Yeah, we're, I mean, we're we're doing a fine job of this in the West. As, we've as got as we've as got as that as covered as with our yeah. debase culture already, Bill. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. thanks. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. So I mean, that, 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 yeah. I mean, those things are kind of fun to think about. But I mean, like, here's the, you know, obviously, I've said this before. The biggest problem with the grand scale conspiracy theories is like, to my mind, they're no different than radical Cartesian skepticism, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. It's just like everything is so structurally up in the air now that. You shouldn't trust anything, including for your all own we know, doubt, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I think there's just deep epistemological issues. With, yeah, this with, was with this that, was right? my point, where I, I just think that the epistemic waters are so fraught for us right now that, like, there, there's so many defeaters on the loose. You know, it's like we've talked about this before, Pat. Like, Planica's example that, you know, if you look out your window, you know, or your office window in the in the the farm land over over the hill, and you see, you know, what appear to be sheep out there, and you said, oh. For all I know, that those could be men in sheep costumes. You're crazy, okay? Unless you read in the newspaper, you know, sheep brand bandits are abroad in the neighborhood today. Then you're right to to worry about whether those are in fact, you know, men in sheep costumes, right? Well, it just seems that there's so many things that have happened over the course of the last couple of years for us to worry about. There may be being some sheep bandits afoot, right? Right. That that's the worry. Yeah. And again, I think, you know, it's the, the hard thing to do is, again, take it claim by claim. There's there was one other thing that did trigger me about the Z dog thing. And don't let me downplay him, because if, if Jim says he's a, he's been a good source on this, I think that's I think that's almost certainly yeah, going to be he's, he's he, changed he's, views of mine on this thing. Yeah. Right. And um, and again, let me let me just articulate that I can I can. I think I'm mature enough to say, okay, I think you were off here, but I can still take you. Yeah. As, as Eduardo and I did, yeah. I think, with McCullough pretty fairly. It's like, okay, check, this seems check reasonable. Check out Z-Dog's Settle the F Down episode. It was really good. Yeah. Um, but the one thing that that he just it, – it seemed annoying to me. Uh, and again, like my bias is I'm, I'm more conservative, right? Um, but I'm like classically like Aristotelian conservative, not like mainstream American bumpkin, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. backwoods Republican type of dude, yeah. right? So, which are very different worldviews perspective so let me just clarify that but i mean he's, he said that he thought that the the kind of conspiracy theory and dumb thinking was was just so much more uh flagrant on the right but then who does he talk about he talked about some dermot demon sperm lady like i never even heard of this right like what yeah. cartoon was he attacking at that point most of the conservatives well, that are intelligent worth engaging with it, the was, people. it was it was one of the people that mccullough was citing McCullough cited a demon sperm lady. Okay, that's, this yeah. is news to me. If, yeah. if if that's the case, then fair yeah. enough. But what he should have been saying are the people that the intelligent conservatives point out, people like Phaser of Martin Koldorf, yeah. uh, Jay Bhattacharya, you know, Stanford guy, Harvard guy, right, who are pretty yeah. much on z Dog's side of saying no yeah. lockdowns, no masks, and let's just take an honest evaluation of the vaccines versus – Pretty much all of the left, I hate yeah. to be so partisan, who yeah. are pro all this bullshit, right? Yeah. All of them are pro all the yeah. bullshit that is anti-scientific. So don't try and, t- <laughs> try and tell me. Yeah, see, I, I don't, I don't want, I don't want to make it about this, the Z dog, but like he's had yeah. all those guys on the show. Like he's, like he's citing Ionitis all the time. He's had Marty McCurry on. Like, like he's, he's actually in that group. Right? Okay, good, yeah. good, yeah. good. Yeah, it yeah. just, it just seemed to me a, just a gross mis. Mis. Like I get it. There's the backwoods. There are. I know a guy, he lives down the street. He thinks he thinks that it's gonna kill everybody, right? They exist, right? But those those aren't uh yeah. you know, that might be the, the conservative CNN wants to bring on as the as the as yeah. fair being fair yeah. and balanced. That is not 
the intelligent, yeah. sophisticated conservative position. Right. So wasting yeah. time attacking that is just is just poisoning the well as far as no, I mean, think, like, right. He he had a, a recent podcast with Marty McCary, who's been like the Fox News guy on the pandemic. Okay. He's been like mm -hmm. on Tucker a bunch of times, stuff like that. Okay, yeah. good. And let me clarify, this was my first impression of Z Dog. Yeah. So I'll, I'll offer that to him. Z Dog, you know, uh as the first impression, not great. You might want to just work on your opening a little bit more yeah. because yeah. it sounds like you're much more reasonable than it was not that he's gonna watch this, but yeah, yeah. sounds like you're much more reasonable than you initially let on. Sorry, I just had to unload that oh, on hey, somebody. Hey, <laughs> if if only you could solicit a response, that would like that would be very good for business, right? Yeah, know, Bart, uh, I don't know if you want to add anything to that. I know you haven't seen it yet, but no, again, I, I didn't see it. The only thing I know, actually, because now I was thinking of it, I jumped, I mean, I, I came across this uh, this podcast because it was, I think it was retweeted by one of his partners. I think it's Vinay Prasad is his name or something yes, on Twitter. That's he's, partners, he's a yeah. medical doctor, which I was follow, yeah. who I was following already on Twitter. I, again, it was one of the um, no lockdowns, say, uh, as far as I understood, um, yeah. side of the, of the whole debate. He's a don't mask kids guy, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, this like reasonable. <laughs> it's crazy yeah. that we're talking about these things, and it's it's like considered fringe, right? Yeah. It should be like the most re everyone would have considered like these uh, kind of positions uh, reasonable. But this is so talking about conspiracies. Uh, there is something I've been constantly reading, um, um, and it comes to my mind when people you know do analysis of how the whole situation evolved, and it really looks like people are. Um, a few years ago, like vaccine passport were considered a conspiracy theory. Yeah. Um, I don't know, microchips are like skin and, and under the skin, and, and they were also cons considered conspiracy theory. And like, if you said, if you said, oh, you know, they are willing to give us vaccine passport and you know, like put some chips under under the skin to track us all and every and everything. Two years ago, you would have been considered like a, a crazy like. Um, and now, nah. not, <laughs> yeah. oh, but, but yeah. I, like <laughs> I've read that they actually doing that in Sweden for the uh, they, they are putting microchips and then Switzerland, and then, right? Wasn't it Switzerland? In Sweden, in Sweden. Oh, it was Sweden. Really Probably also Switzerland and, and and UK as well. I was reading the news about the UK. In in Sweden, it's actually a few years that they started doing that, and they they want to implement again. It's some news I've read, so I hope I'm wrong, uh, but I, I've seen more than one source um, citing that. And I've seen no. Um, well, I mean that is definitely yeah. true. I mean D Dave Rubin, you know, uh, Dave Rubin's yeah. an interesting guy. Like, disagree with him on a number of things, but he's a man who actively changed his mind on a lot of yeah. issues. You know, he was very far to the left, and now he yeah. seems to kind of chum around with a lot of Republicans. He just put up a tweet uh, reminding people that he was banned from Twitter when yeah. it, in July. You guys probably saw it, right? It, it got yeah, a lot of it. a lot of interaction saying like, hey, guys, remember back in July when I was banned for saying that they're going to be pushing for boosters and vaccine mandates and passports? Yeah. Well, turns out my conspiracy theory yeah. was true, right. was correct, right? Well, you so, know, <laughs> yeah, there's I this mean, thing about the conspiracy theories. Like they at first someone says there's a conspiracy theory there's of, the, of this kind, like vaccine passport. And people say, oh, you're crazy. It's not going to happen. Then it happens. And people say, oh, but it's actually a good thing. <laughs> so they, they change yeah. their mind. So it's not. <laughs> well, you know, um, you, you know, one one of the things that that you know that I, I find troubling about this, one of the many things I find troubling about this is, you know, what do you think about the origins of the thing and all that? It it's really clear that this massive, massive, you know, informational slash propaganda apparatus was just there ready to go right to, to, yeah. you know what i mean like 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 the, like the, the all, 
all the like it, it wasn't hard to get the infrastructure together to like have lockdowns to have right. social media curating everything that's being said right to all this it's, it's very clear that they had this they were somebody did, was waiting for just this moment did, to, did you read to, the, the, the sparse pandemic book the, the this, who's uh, who's the sparse pandemic no it's the um a futuristic scenario for public health uh, risk communication by the johns hopkins center for health oh Security. i've heard of this yeah it's uh, yeah. yes yes <laughs> that's what they're talking about yeah and that's what it was the playbook for the whole thing they had it yeah and that was something mccullough did point out that's something mccullough right, yeah. pointed out yeah and, see it's, uh, it's on this stuff that i i i found mccullough more compelling yeah. Right. I, so I have more questions than answers. I haven't read that. But I mean, if you're uh, so I began reading the real Anthony, Anthony Fauci book that's yeah. been making the rounds. Now, this is interesting. I'm not going to come down on any firm conclusions yet because I haven't I haven't finished it. And look, it's it's full of footnotes. Uh, so it would take a lot of time to, to vet uh, everything. And again, layman's dilemma on a lot of that stuff. Um, but 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 I mean, so first off, this guy is like a pretty dyed in the wool democrat uh kind of like a quirky democrat in some respects right so he's not like some somebody who's just trying to to tow uh i mean he begins to book with some like pretty prototypical trump insults and stuff like that right um but he's arguing in the book at least what i've read and eduardo maybe you've gotten further than me at this point that that we do have a classic case of regulatory capture having happened right uh and that's certainly something that we know does happen and does quite happen. often right uh, so you don't have to be a, a vast conspiracy theorist to realize, hey, have the regulators just gotten in bed with the industries that they were supposed to regulate? Has that ever happened before? Yeah, happens yeah. all the freaking time, right? Yeah. Um, so that that to me, I think, would would answer a number of questions. That seems very plausible. That's That's something that anybody who's ever paid attention to the history of anything knows just does happen all the time. Uh, so, you know, some some regulatory capture between the agencies that were supposed to regulate the pharmaceutical industries now essentially being more or less run by them seems yeah. a very plausible <laughs> hypothesis to say the least, right? It should at least be on the table of considerations, right? Mm -hmm. Well, like public health agencies, they have stakes in, in the vaccine development. So yeah. right. again, they cannot yeah. judge. I mean, they are basically asked to judge a product they themselves developed and on which they are making money out of it. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> Might that might that in some sense be an it's issue? Really, right? I mean, why we are we even asking? Why are, are we even asking the question? It's, uh... yeah. And where I was going was maybe darker, right? I mean, in that like, let's um, go, let's go. In that, okay, so you got you've got a whole generation of kids, um, who are you know sort of used to have been conditioned, to, you know, to like wear masks now, right? You got a whole whole generation of kids that are have been conditioned. You know, like it's it's part of normal for them now to, you know, be schooled entirely in front of screens without leaving their home. Right. We're all now just conditioned to think of our primary relationship, you know, in terms of um, access to goods and services as mediated through through online sales. Right. Mm -hmm. Because it, it was all that was available for, for for a long time. Right. For a lot of people. Right. You know, think of all like all the ways that human life in has been just flipped in ways and changed in ways so that we have to mediate it through technology that's cut down on real human contact that's made us settle for you know irrealities on screens rather than, than re real living breathing realities right um you know, we could go on and on and on with the ways this is gone right and you know like is that is that really going to be 100 percent walked back 
right? I don't think it's going to be. And I don't think, I'm not saying like they, you know, planted the virus for this purpose. I just think this, this is kind of the ultimate, like, you know, Silicon Valley transhumanist vision, right? Is that we're going to increasingly like lose the human machine distinction, mediate ourselves through what we're given through these machines, right? Um, and I don't, I don't think that's an accident. I don't, I think this is, this was an occasion to take a huge step towards this new version of, of human life. Right. Mm, okay. Yeah. An increasingly de-animalized version of human life. Right. And I'm, I'm not, I'm for the record, like for, you know, for the keepers at Google here, I'm not saying, you know, like a group, a group of bankers in a smoky back room planned it. It's been the drift in a long way, but I do, I do think there was probably some conscious thing, you know, thought to aha, this is it. This is a good chance for us to do this. Right. Oh, yeah. Sure. sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, and I think we are being conditioned, right. To, be a different kind of being than humans have been at any point in our, in our entire existence. Yeah. But um, again, I think there's like a reality constraint in the end. It's like human nature. It's like to be. (laughs) And we have our first caller. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, (laughs) No, I just wanted to say that at some point, you know, for example, uh, reality strikes back, right? Exactly. It's like with, with they try to make this live uh, streaming events, like with bands playing, and the, there was a whole. I, I can tell you my experience firsthand with this. We always refuse to do, like, to have people pay to see us uh, in a live show, remotely. That doesn't make any sense. It's it's not something I would ask people to pay for. And um, and so this is one thing. I mean, people will still seek for human interaction, and as you said, there has been a huge shift towards. Um, you know, like online purchase and on, like living online. But, you know, if that were the case, then it's it's already more than 20 years that we can basi- basically order everything through internet and we yeah. still didn't get rid of shopping malls. And, and Because right. there's some basic right. need, like that there is some part of human nature that still enjoys like doing this kind of things. And yeah. I don't think you can. I because, agree. We're so, I because we're you social animals. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You cannot get rid of yeah. it. So no matter how much you push in that direction, uh, you just need to taste it once. Like, like even yep. if you take a student and you train him to be all time on, on remote learning, the, the the day he goes to school, says it's not going, it's not ever yep. going no, back. I, I I agree. I'm what I'm I'm just saying is I think I think there is a push against human nature. Oh sure, right. sure. Yeah, oh there is, there is, but yeah, yeah. it will break. Right. It's it's like in socialist states. It's like in socialist states. Like you yep. take someone from yep. the socialist state, you, you know, if they went on a visit to a Western society. I said, wow, they got everything better and they can do whatever they want, basically, you know, like compared to the standards. Yeah. Um, they don't need to wait like 10 years to get a car. They can just, you yeah. know, you have the money, you can get a car. The, the, this kind of things that were shocking for people living behind the Iron Curtain, right? And and so they say, well, this is possible. I'm not going back. And that was yeah. the bottom line. For, that's why the, there was such a huge flow of people moving because as soon as they understood living conditions and the way you could live in other societies, of course, they they would they were voting with their feet basically, in uh, where to live. And I think it's the same with, with, with this. Like, I, I can tell you again for for my experience uh, with these live uh, shows. Like, we always refuse to do that, but they they are not taking the ground because they are, you know, like after two years. And I remember when the pandemic started, there was such a huge effort by promoters and uh, digital companies and labels to like push this. Uh, live streaming, uh, pay you know, you pay and you see some some band basically rehearsing their 
rumors on some pub without being actually there. It's not taking that like it has completely disappeared. I don't think it was a very successful experience. They might be Good. putting it yeah. back in the next few months, but it. Uh, I don't see. I mean, I, I see. I, I see. It's basically disappeared. Like bands are not talking about that anymore, and no one is really talking about it anymore. So right, because it's it's garbage, right? It's not what we as social animals require for yeah. for a good human life for good human flourishing and yeah and jim and i obviously deeply agree with that i mean one of the big themes here is that you go wrong in your philosophy you go wrong i mean you go wrong in your metaphysics you go wrong in your political philosophy right these things are, are deeply uh intertwined in philosophical anthropology if you get human nature wrong uh you're gonna make you know everything's connected everything matters and it's it's you know the problem with with these these ideologies is um yes reality will strike back but they they do do a lot of damage in the meantime, ah, sure. right right like sure. communism yes it was sure. doomed to fail no doubt it did fail and it will fail again if it's tried again uh but the body counts enormous right it's uh yeah. it's it and the damage is incalculable of what it does yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. same thing and, with the lockdowns <laughs> yeah and we don't even same know the total cost of of these yet like you know in terms of all types of different i mean already we know that the average uh life expectancy at least in america has been has been Dropped, dropping since yeah. this is going on right and it's not just because of COVID, right mental health suicides are through the yeah. roof right i had a, yeah. a girl well, at, I mean, at, a, at yeah, her that was our yeah. that was our the the it, it, i think it was in 2016 already that, that the american lifespan had dropped for the first time without a major war in our history right that was because of drug overdoses and suicides among middle-aged men right yeah like we were already we were on the nihilistic train before this and this has not helped right right yeah and i mean just like i mean damn man i mean like good philosophy is meant to pull you out of the cave and like you talk about like taking the mainstream position on thing i mean the mainstream position on things yeah like the, the like it couldn't be more wrong on more things right i mean yeah. we're supposed to believe that that men can be women now right i mean, like you can't be more wrong than that but this is now becoming the mainstream narrative, right? And we just did a, a deep dive with Thomas Bogardus on as if you need some some deeply philosophical argument against this bullshit. Uh, well, we have it for you on the channel if you want. It, it is there, right? And I hate having to do this stuff. Like, I, ha I hate this stuff, man. Like, there's so many other things I'd rather think about. Or that it's somehow okay to kill a human baby, right? So it's like these are the mainstream positions from talking heads on so many things that just like could not be more wrong on so many different levels, right? Of philosophical anthropology to, to biology, to basic moral reasoning, you name it. Right. So I don't um, blame people for, and then, and then they, you know, they, they're clearly wrong about, as Eduardo says, like they're asking you not to trust your own eyes on so many things. Right. Well, guess what? You're, if you're asking me not to trust my own senses, you're coming through my senses too, jackass, right? So why should why should I then trust you at any point? Um, but that is what they're asking to do. And and I, I don't know what the pulse is in Europe, man, but in America, I mean, it seems like the people have had enough. I mean, uh, Lord Biden's approval rate is in the toilet, right? They had to take off the dislike function on YouTube because people just kept downvoting all of his videos into oblivion. Uh, we saw what happened in voting in, in uh, an otherwise state that yeah. people thought would be totally Democrat, had a huge you know, conservative upset. Um, so, again, I don't know what's going on in Europe, but my pulse is in America, people, even people who were kind of, you know, maybe leaning a certain direction for a while have really begun to have enough. 
Um, and yeah, I don't blame them, but I, I, of course I want to caution as Faisal tries to do in his post is like, don't let one extreme cause you to go to another extreme, right? That's, that's the thing you have to, you, you do have to try and stay rational, right? Just because they've, they've lied about. Yeah. And it's very tempting. Like, I understand that. Right. I understand why people, yeah, I understand why people would go to the other extreme and I blame the talking heads more than I blame the people, right? It's, it's more understandable of why people would fly to the other extreme when they feel that they've been constantly lied to and constantly abused. But for people listening to this, I will emphasize, uh, yeah, I, I get your frustration. I'm frustrated too, but but you do have to try and 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 take things one at a time and be patient and this sort of thing. So I don't know. I'm just ranting there. <laughs> <laughs> Any final thoughts here, gentlemen? Anything else? Jim already I knows know. I was in a mood from from an incident <laughs> earlier today. So okay. I think the the only thing that I learned in 2021 is that. Uh, history is not teaching us anything like people are willing to change their minds uh and along with the flow like regardless and it's uh it's a, I, i'm so surprised like the narrative during this year has been changed so many times with covid and it just you know you cannot just contradict whatever whatever you said a couple of months ago and pretend you didn't say that but it's okay. happening and it's just it's just in front of everyone. It's, it's, it couldn't be more clear. And still people, I mean, well, Shiana has always fact, been at war with Eurasia. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly that. It's exactly yep. that. It's, it's, it's incredible. It's <laughs> and um, no, but the, the thing is uh, how much, you know, that people are willing, are not willing to admit they were wrong and like continue living with the lie rather than just admitting they were wrong. It's like they yep. prefer, um, not to admit that they've been lied to then rather than you know like keeping on buying all this uh bullshit basically yep. and it's surprising yep. because you, you can you can just show you know like videos of what they said two months ago and what they're saying now same people except exactly opposite statement what, what's the credibility left of this guy why should you believe him and uh it's something it couldn't be clear in in 2021 yeah. it was really yep. clear in 2020 but uh with all the things that all the narrative that came down yeah. with the vaccines it's uh this is my, related. my less yeah this, this is related Eduardo, but I, I think for me it's just the degree to which we are manipulated by fear we're just absolutely manipulated by fear right and uh if we just like grow a collective set of balls things become a lot better right I mean, <laughs> it's yeah. so true man right? we live in a world of cowards yeah. nation of cowards we really do right yeah uh, I mean, and so much of this, you know, is just driven by just like classic old school bully tactics, man. Marginalization, guilt by association, Absolutely. belittling. Like it's like, man, have you guys have been through middle school, right? You know yep. this stuff, right? This happened at lunch table, right? It's no different. But people aren't willing to stand up. You're right, man. It's uh, yeah, fear is the great driver behind this. But I'll say this, you know, as my closing remark. Um, the marginalization is a big part of the fear and propaganda campaign. But uh, yeah, gentle listeners, you're not alone in your thinking. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times I get emails from people. And it usually, here's the problem. It's usually through private channels because I'll post something public and it's getting better, but you know, it'd be controversial. And I know a bunch of people, I know they're thinking what I'm thinking, but they don't want to like it or comment or share because they don't want to be associated with it. Too yeah. spicy, too spicy. They don't want to get called a name. Heaven forbid, you don't want to get called a name, right? Sack up. Share this episode, right? You're not alone, man. And like it's just one of those things where if people would just collectively grow a pair, this would be done. 
It'd be done in five minutes if people would collectively grow a pair. Uh, So that's a challenge to the gentle listeners. Uh, I'm certainly willing to run my mouth and uh, see where it gets me. Usually nowhere good. Uh, But if a lot more people start running their mouths, this this would be done. This would be over. Um, And especially just start like ignoring the ignoring the meaningless names. Right. Just don't mean anything. Right. They just they really don't mean like science denier, anti-vaxxer. Right. They change the definitions of these things. Conspiracy theorists. Right. This is guilt by association. Right. They change the definition of something to try and associate you with what was formerly, uh, you know, seen as crackpot or taboo. If you understand that trick, don't be bothered by it, man. It does because it's meaningless. It doesn't mean anything. So that's it. That's all. Jim, final. No, that, <laughs> that a boy. Everyone's that satisfied. Boy. All right, peace, get off my lawn. <laughs> Yeah, get off my arm. We'll catch you on the next one. Adios.